Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's Doug, Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host that looks to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, and really the Steelers organization as they look to get, they look to put together a winning roster in 2021. But look, before I get into today's sort of show, and it's going to be pretty interesting, actually, I think some of you will really enjoy this one. Uh, we're going to take a bit of, you know, America just celebrated your birthday, your Independence Day, your July 4th. So we're going to celebrate some Steelers birthdays in a way and have a look at some of the people born, uh, you know, in, in July. And we're going to stretch this across probably a couple of shows because there's too many to get through. And it's something I might do really quite regularly because not only are birthdays a good time to just recognize some players, but also from a player perspective, you get a bit older. And obviously for us, you know, that we start to get guys that go into that veteran territory from rookies, you start to get an understanding of where they're situated because, you know, someone like a Juju can be very young at their position, you know, but then have a lot of experience in the league. And equally, they're guys that can come out as rookies that are, you know, 24. And, you know, that's that's as old as some guys that have been in the league for three, or, you know, three, two, four years. So... Yeah, we're going to crack into that in today's show. But I wanted to start with something. This week, one of our own, Michael Beck, got taken on, uh, you know, by another Pittsburgh meter identity. And it got me thinking, you know, there are a lot of us as part of this behind the steel curtain family, whether you're on the writing side or the podcasting side or the live YouTubes, guys that have come up through the ranks and 
you know, Mark and Mark Davison, my co-host on Steelers Touchdown Under, and myself as some of those guys. Most of us don't do this for the money. And even of the guys that do do that are paid, you know, and fortunate enough to be paid both on the podcast side and the article side, it's nominal. It's not something that they can make a full living out of. But there's a passion here. And there's also some skill. You know, there's a lot of challenge about, you know, and labeling as BTSC being bloggers. And, Je- and Jeff Hartman said it really well in a recent Let's Ride. I think, you know, he sort of said, look, yeah, we're fans just like you guys. That means we're tapped into what you guys know. That means we're happy to listen to you guys. That means that we, you know, we don't pretend to be experts. We don't have media passes. But that doesn't take away from the quality of the content that comes out. You know, some of you might be aware if you listen to Steelers Touchdown Under or you've seen me appear on other shows. And obviously, I was on Jeff Jeff's Let's Ride um, in the last couple of weeks. I work in media and PR from a professional standpoint. I know what quality journalism is. You know, there's and it doesn't take a journalism degree. You know what? I've actually got one. I'm one of the few, if the only, you know, member of the BTS team. I've got one. I've got a journalism degree. I've got one from one of the top 30 or 40 universities in the world, you know, graduated with just under a distinction average. I can tell you that, that those qualifications don't make journalism. So for certain radio personalities, they want to call that out. Good luck to them. But quite frankly, that's not going to stop the content. And you know what? It got me really fired up. It got me fired up. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to make a commitment. I mean, you know, we're going to make a commitment as part of BTSC. And it got me thinking. There was a speech this season by an incoming head coach, and it got me really fired up. And he wasn't a Steelers coach. So I've taken that, and I've adapted it. So here's, here's a message to, to all you listeners out there, you know, across BTSC's audio podcast. So let me go back. Let me start here again. We wanted this job, that included, because we feel like we know this community most of us hail from Pittsburgh or around the Steel City, or for some of us, we're international fans that latch on to what the city stands for. Here's what I know, just as an overall philosophy. You're going to say, well, what's BTSC going to be? What's it not going to be? Here's what I know, all right? I know that BTSC is made up of great people, some really good people. The BTSC community is strong. This fan base and team has been kicked, it's been battered, it's been bruised this offseason. And I can sit up here and give you, you know, coach-style speak all day long. I can give you, hey, we're going to provide you with this piece of content, provide you with that piece of content. But none of that matters. You guys just want to hear the content. You just want pure Steelers content. All right, here's what I do know, is that BTSC is going to take on the identity of this fan base, this BTSC community. This team has been down and it found a way to get back up. It's found a way to overcome adversity or it's finding a way, you know, with these newer players and, you know, new faces on the Steelers roster. So the BTSC BTSC team is going to be built on. We're going to kick other content in the teeth when it comes to quality. And when they punch us back, we're going to smile. And when they knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. I mean, take part of their audience. All right, we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to remotely knock us down. And on the way up, we're going to take another part of their audience. And we're going to get back up. And it's going to take another three shots to take us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of their audience and fan base. Before long, we're going to be one of the last standing. That's going to be the mentality. We're going to learn from any criticism that we take. We're going to make sure that we feel the full pain of it and not grow numb to it and learn from it and continue to grow our content. We're going to be competitive in every game. you know. And by that, I mean in every time we put out content, we're, we're looking to be your one, one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, your one choice. 
Now, I can't sit here on the other side of the world and guarantee you that it's going to be perfect. No one can. But I can guarantee that no matter who you listen or who you read from behind the steel curtain, whether you agree with it or not, you will get heart, passion, and not purely rumors and not disrespect. But hey, let's get through that housekeeping out of the way. What I wanted to really talk about this week, I alluded to it before we got into that little rant there, is really around some players born in July. And actually, we're going to do one in June because Trey Turner was born in June. Obviously, he wasn't on the roster and I wasn't doing this segment. But I thought, as I said earlier, Steel's birthdays, birthday of America. Why don't we have a look at some of these players by their birthday? So the first one I wanted to kick off, kick off with is actually the birthday boy for when this content's going live. So as everyone like everyone knows, I record in the future. I record, you know, upwards of 14 hours ahead. I'm recording this on my early Wednesday evening. And you guys get this live on Wednesday afternoon. That means it's July 7th. Now, this isn't the earliest player's birthday on the list, but it's the birthday boy. So let's go with him first. Let's have a little look into, into what he brings to Pittsburgh Steelers. Do you know who that birthday boy is? You might have seen it on social media already. But that birthday boy is Chase Claypool. That's our first round pick, if you like, that we obviously, you know, we picked in the second round at 49th overall in the 2020 NFL draft. College came out of Notre Dame. He's turning 23 today. So happy birthday to Chase Claypool. You know, in fact, he might have, he might have even ticked over past 12 a.m. on the time we're talking now. We're talking a guy who's 6'4", 238 pounds. If you're in our system on the other side of the world, that's 193 centimeters and 107 kilograms. That's a big bloke. My dad's a couple of centimeters taller than that and heavier than that, and that's a big bloke if you muscly like Chase Claypool, which my dad isn't. He played, he played in 16 games. Technically on the stat sheet, he's, you know, he started six. He, you know, he was targeted 109 times for 62 receptions. You know, he got he got 873 yards, which is pretty decent from a from a wide receiver there, you know, in their first year in the league, particularly when you've got guys like Juju and Deontay and Anne and Eric Ebron, who's, you know, almost a wide receiver at the tight end position. His yards average per reception was 14.1. That's great. Nine touchdowns. Nine touchdowns from the receiving point of view there. And then, of course, he had that long, long reception there of, um, you know, of, of 41 yards in that game. And it was so so good to see him go long in that game. Um, you know, actually, his long reception was 84 yards, but the first down, he had 41 first downs receiving. Sorry, I mixed my numbers up there. You know, from a, a receptions per game perspective, it was just under four, which, which is pretty decent there. There's obviously going to be some games where he was particularly targeted and other games he was able to show out. He had that great catch in the first game of the season against the New York Giants. It was for a 13-yarder and it was on third down and it, and it was, you know, sort of a toe drag swag in the sidelines. And, you know, you just knew then as a fan that this guy was going to be special. We hoped he was going to be special at least. Averaged almost 55 yards per game a catch rate of almost 57%. We really need to see that tick up for, for Chase Claypool. But you've got to remember, Chase Claypool, as we said there, is almost six foot five, he's six foot four. And in fact, you know, for him, a lot of his work is going to be in traffic. He's going to miss some of those catches. As long as he's making those catches in the red zone and when it counts on key downs, that's the key point. Uh, you know, average yards per target of, of eight. He had 10 rushing attempts that yielded only 16 yards but they were close to the to the end zone. They they yielded you know two touchdowns there. You know from a total yards perspective as well. 
you know, 889, you know, from the line of scrimmage there. He only had three fumbles and he had a career, he had a UAV of seven. That year, that year of AV of seven is pretty interesting, actually, because one of the things that I talked about last week, for, for those of you that got to listen into last week's show, is that wide receivers, for those that have been picked in the first round, the average yearly approximate valuation that I, I think I was a career average there. I'm going to say it was approximate valuation for Claypool is seven. Now we know that the average yearly AV by position was actually 5.9 for wide receivers from the years of 2012 to 2019. Now, obviously, last year's 2020. So Chase Claypool's outside of that that's going to feed into this. He's also a second-round pick. But the cool thing is, is that you're getting a whole, you know, one in this metric, but we can talk almost, you know, 15 or 20% improvement on what's expected out of a first-round round wide receiver. And we got that from Chase Claypool in the second round a guy that was at the back end of the second round, when you've got guys like Juju and Deontay and James Washington, who we talk about, Eric Ebron included there from the wide receiving perspective. I know the hangover, I listened back to the hangover from this week and they were talking about doing a special on could this be in the next few, I think it's the next few weeks, next few months, they're going to do a special on could this be the best wide receiver room, you know, in, in Steelers history potentially after this season. Chase Claypool is one of these guys that's going to do it. You know, Chase Claypool is one of the going to be the, one of the key reasons that this happens. In fact, you might find, depending on the results this year, you know, obviously the defense is going to play a big part in this. But Chase Claypool, Claypool could be one of the reasons that Big Ben wants to hang around. When you got Nashi Harris toting the rock, and he's going to prove himself this season. You got a guy like Pat Freemuth, who's like an even more athletic Heath Miller. You know, again, he needs to prove himself, but that's what's potentially on the table. And you got Chase Claypool there. If you're Big Ben. You know, you've had that surgery. You've repaired an injury that you've had for, for ages. Next season, you know, Claypool's only on one, on a one point two million, a one point eight million dollar cap number hit, but he's on one point two million dollar base salary, six hundred grand almost in pro rider bonus. You want to be hanging for? You want to be hanging out? You want to be sticking with the Steelers? You know, you've got a massive target that you can throw to. And uh, we talked about on Touchdown Under this week where he ranked. Uh, you know, in terms of the BTSC wide receiver, not BTSC, the Steelers wide receiver room. We talked, Mark and I talked about on Touchdown Under, you know, he asked me that question of how I was seeing the room shape up. I see Chase Claypool already being a 1B on most teams. He can get to that 1A. It might take him more than this season, but he's going to get closer. My only hope and my only consideration for Chase Claypool as well is that obviously we, we don't want him to get injured. So, we need to manage those snaps at the same time uh, for what he's going to really deliver. So with that, I'm going to move over to the next player on my, on my list here in, in Trey Turner. Now, Trey Turner is not born in July. Uh, Trey, Trey Turner was born on the 14th of June, but I haven't had a really good chance to talk about him. I was conscious of talking about him after everyone else had. He's also an offensive lineman, so stats can be stats can be a difficult one. But basically, Trey Turner is born on the 14th of June, He's six foot three, 315 pounds, according to Pro Football Reference. You know, he's got a career rated AV now of uh, a 50, uh, which puts him in an interesting sort of place here. He was picked in the third round for Carolina. He really came on for them in ensuing years. It'd be interesting to see what number he ends up going with because he's been 70, and we know that the Pittsburgh Steelers have retired that number. He's been He's been pretty healthy. You know, he's played in 
13 games or, or more apart from 2020. And we know he's coming off that injury where he played nine games and played pretty average after he got traded. But before that, he'd actually played in 13 games or more every year. And two seasons, he had two, you know, two full, full, you know, played all 16 games. And, and these are regular season numbers as well. But basically, you know, and so there's some playoffs um, on top of this in some of those years. But essentially, you know, he started 16 games in both those times in the other, and I'm, I'm parking the charge year to one side. In the other four seasons before that, that he started 13 games, three of those he started all, sorry, the 13 games he played, he started in 13 of those. And it was his rookie year where he only played in 13 games and he started in nine. You look at his career AV and he's, and he's averaging things pretty, pretty well, actually. He was selected to the Pro Bowl. We talked about it five times. That was five years in a row. That's like David DeCastro level of terms of Pro Bowl, like, or, you know, a pouncy level of Pro Bowl. But he did it in 2020 because he got traded and he got injured. But apart from his rookie year, this is the thing. We talk about going to five Pro Bowl, five Pro Bowls. That's a really big thing with Trey Turner. And that's a big thing when you think about the NFC too and some of the guards that they've had, you know, um, over the last sort of, you know, decade, you know, not so much decade, but eight years. Trey Turner could be a massive pickup for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. There's offensive line play, particularly from that run perspective. I think he can hold up. I think he can hold up. You think about Banner as well and what the, the, the holes are going to open if you've got a green to an Adultson. This team is being built for the run. But I wouldn't put it past some of you know his pass blocking as well. The other thing about Trey Turner to note too is that apart from last year, He's played in, and his rookie year, he's played in 70-plus percent of the snaps on offense. So, you know, and in the first, in his first four years in the league too, particularly his second, third, and fourth year, he was playing, you know, plus, you know, 12% on special teams too. But I think the key thing to note is some of these snaps and how healthy he has been. You know, and this is the difference because we talk about that injury. He, he, he hasn't performed badly through injury before we've got a guy that's had like a seven year career and he's really only had one year of you know of, of poor play so the other thing about Trey Turner is that in the the full season that he's played he's actually you know played plus a thousand snaps so he's played and in those two seasons in 2015 and 2016 he actually played 98 and 99 percent of the snaps so that's a terrific amount you know, for an offensive lineman to be playing each season. And and equally, when you really look at it, he's played five over almost 6,000 snaps, you know, in, in his seven-year career where he hasn't, you know, played every game. So there's a lot, there's a wealth of experience that comes with Trey Turner. Equally, the other really cool thing about Trey Turner is that he, he hasn't really been penalized, you know, too often, uh, you know, in terms of holding penalties. He's only got 11 against him. He's only got 11 for false starts. Um, and then in terms of offsides, he's only got seven. So he's not he's not a player when you consider that that wealth of snaps that's going to cause the Steelers' offense to go backwards. And I think that's the real plus uh, when when we talk about Trey Turner there. And then if it's any consolation, he actually came out of the draft. And you know, not that this terribly matters right now. And it's usually the ten and twenty yard splits that are more important with an offensive lineman. But he had a forty yard dash that was under five seconds at four point nine three. You know, and at the time, you know, he, he was weighing in at three hundred and ten pounds. So 
you know, he, he's 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 got some athleticism to him. Um, you know, obviously he's now in, in the latter stages of, you know, latter years or the, you know, the second half of his career, depending on, you know, how it really goes with him. But it's just, you know, I think that gives you a good overview of what Trey Turner might bring to to the Steelers' offensive line, um, you know, you know, this year. But look, with that, we're going to go to a break here on Steelers Warren. Join me for part two. Uh, you know, we're going to talk a couple more players in this July birthday, you know, cohort uh, as we still do that next week or two. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We're back on Steelers. Really focusing in on July and why some of the Steelers' path of success this season is going to be uh, taken from July. So the next player that I wanted to look at, we've talked about the birthday boy in Chase Claypool. We've talked about Trey Turner, who's our only June, you know, June discussion here, who's relevant. So I wanted to bring him up. Would be Deontay Johnson. Uh, you know, and for some of you that you know listen to us on for Steelers, uh, Steelers touchdown under this week. You know that we we talked a lot about him on the show, but for those, not everyone makes that show. Not everyone's got time to listen to it. So, you know, we will cover him quickly here. Dante Johnson, if you look at the AV, and we talked about that last week, you know, he's 13. He's ahead of what a first-round wide receiver um, would have produced to date and in, in terms of an average for a first-round wide receiver. We obviously picked him in round three there. Uh, you know, he was pick number... 66 so really toward the latter end of uh, latter end of that you know the, the draft round also you know latter end of the top 75 to 100 players too um and out certainly outside the top 50 you know for to career to date he's had 1600 yards 2020 was the high there with 923 he, he had 88 receptions last year on 144 targets now we, we're going to talk about people are going to talk about his drop rate for a start but on the touchdown under this week, I was sort of talking around the fumble rate and could the fumble rate be really responsible for feeding into some of these drops? Because he had five in 2019. He only had two last year. So that's actually an improvement for him. But I just wonder with that. The other thing we talked about on touchdown under that, you know, I think it's worth repeating is that we know that Ben didn't have time, much time to throw the football last year. That's, Pressure means that Ben was potentially rushing passes. I mean, he was in some in some instances. Now, one of the things I said was on Sunday, our time and, and Saturday evening for the for the listeners in the US listening live, is that the thing is, is that whilst wide receivers, you need to be prepared to not always be in the perfect spot to catch the pass. I guess it's going to put them under pressure. The other thing that Deontay Johnson, you know, fell into the trap of last year was very much playing 
really trying to think before he actually had the ball, like trying to make the play before he had the ball, trying to meet the, beat the man before he had the ball, trying to make his step before he had the ball. You've got to catch the ball first. And I honestly do think he's he's moved on from that. I do think he'll improve this year. His yards per reception were down, um, you know, last year. Obviously, he had a lot more receptions because he went up from 59 in his rookie year to 88, uh, you know, and that's sort of difference of one yard in terms of yards per reception. So he averaged 10.5 last year and 11.5 the year before. His touchdowns went up in a room that had added Chase Claypool. So I think that's key to, key to think about as well. His average uh, receptions per game went up, though, from 3.7 to 5.9. Uh, and he's, and that would make sense given a Mason Rudolph and a Devlin Duck Hodges versus Ben Roethlisberger. But his receiving yards went up to 61 and a half or 42. So he had a 20% a 20 yard jump there. His catch rate went down. I talked about this on touchdown under this week. I think he really needs to be at that 65% catch level to really make that difference. And, you know, when we look at a rush perspective, he's rushing a handful of times, so we really want to talk about those. But, you know, we saw a lot less punt returns from him, and, and we saw that from Ray Ray McLeod and, you know, we're looking after the kick and punt returns. And that's important because it means that we can use Deontay in offense and he can focus on that. We also we stop getting into the injury territory for Deontay Johnson. So, really, it's a belated happy birthday to Deontay Johnson. It's a really excited for the season ahead. Look, I'm hoping Deontay's back plus 900 yards. If he can break the 1,000, great. I think if he can get plus 90 receptions, so if he can get you know, sort of save some of those drops off more like 120 targets, if he's going to get 144 again, I'm, I would very much expect that he's catching 100 of those, uh, you know, this season. Yards, I mean, sorry, touchdowns, I really think anything 8-plus, if he can do 10-plus even better with that extra game, you know, when it comes to rushing, I'd rather see a few other guys, you know, do some of those sweeps and trick plays. But, you know, however Matt Canada wants to bring in the offense, great. I just want to see him perfect that route running. I want to see him catch the ball first and worry about making the play later uh, because he's got speed to burn, absolute speed to burn. And I think that that makes it, you know, a real tricky prospect uh, for opposition teams, particularly when you've got to cover up. Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, and an Eric Ebron. So moving on from Deontay, we're going to move across to the next player's birthday who's coming up after Chase Claypool's you know, birthday today, and that's Mason Rudolph. That's our backup quarterback. That's our player that's signed through uh, through next year with that extension where he's going to be making, you know, it's about a $4 million extension there, so $3 million base salary and $1 million pro rata bonus for next season. Now, Mason Rudolph is someone that fans, again, you pretty much love to hate. In 2018, he was a rookie. He didn't actually play, you know, redshirted that year. was forced to, to play in 10 games and start eight games in 2019. He's five and three from a starting quarterback in terms of wins and losses in, in that season. He's five and four now all time. He played a lot better last year uh, in that game against the Browns. The only thing that I think was a blight in that game was the interception that he scored. Uh, he scored, he, he allowed, and where he forced a pass. And I was really disappointed because I felt he played so well in that game and made a number of really, you know, key part, you know, key passes. I felt like he'd, you know, really made, you know, driven that offense. And, you know, whilst he only completed about 58% of his passes in that, 
um, last season. And, and in that game, you know, he was around that sort of number. I just sort of, yeah, that interception showed me there's still a bit of work to be done. Equally, you know, when we look at Mason Rudolph, and it's the key thing that we've talked about, some of us on BTSC, you know, throughout this offseason is Mason Rudolph did not have a quarterback coach for his first couple of years in the league. Randy Featon was a quarterback coach that got promoted to defensive coordinator. He was focusing on Ben because he knew that Ben is the only reason why he had that job. Mason Rudolph had no confidence, no one to learn off, no one to sort of sit there and, and work with. And then when you lose Ben Roethlisberger to the injury that he had, you're getting Ben coaching from the sideline, which is great. But this isn't high school football. This isn't, you know, a situation where it's a, it's a Hollywood show like a Friday Night Lights or an All American or whatever other, you know, and, and, you know, American football show you want to watch. This is the NFL, and that's not quite enough. And so I think now that we've brought in another quarterbacks coach, the think the think now that you've got Matt Canada that's worked with him last year, we've got a chance this year. One, number one, if anything happens to Ben, I think you're going to see, you know, a, a much more improved Mason Rudolph. Number two, you've got a year now for Mason Rudolph to pick up from Ben, but again, but a Matt Canada offense. You've got time for Mason Rudolph to work on a Matt Canada offense in, you know, on things like Wednesdays when Ben doesn't train. This puts us in a really good position for 2022. And the reason I say that is we might not be picking the best draft pick that we want to at the quarterback position next year if Ben's not coming back. Equally, if we might be picking more of a de- de- developmental player or prospect there, there's a couple of clear top guys in the draft next year, guys like Sam Holwell, um, you know, guys like maybe Slovis, you know, you m- maybe... Um, it's Malik Wills there from Liberty. He might be in the mix. You know, Matt Corral from Ole Miss. You've got Carson Strong, who I'm pretty keen on. Whether Jaden Daniels wants to come out or not, I'm not sure whether he'll do that next year. So equally with this, where we want the Steelers to be, they're not going to be necessarily in the, in the realm of being able to pick these guys. So perhaps having Mason Rudolph, even if he's only starting 2022, is actually a really good thing for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. Just a thought. But regardless, you did see a quarterback rating improve from Mason last year. You saw much better play out of him in the in the snaps that he played there. You know, you saw that at the end of, um, you know, when he came in against the Cowboys, you know, he, they didn't really score off that drive, but you did sort of see him, you know, I, I don't know. To me, I just felt more comfortable and I definitely felt com- comfortable with him in that Browns game. I thought he did terrifically well there. So finally... To wrap up this week's show, the final player is someone that's had a bit of notoriety in uh, in the last few days, and that's Devin Bush. Now, Devin Bush, I think he's becoming a bit of a polarizing player for some people. I mean, people want to be that leader. I want to be that leader. I don't know too much about the cat video that's been released. I do know, obviously, about the the TikTok thing. And I think he was more stirring people up than anything else. I don't take it too seriously. This week on Touch on Under, I said for Devin Bush to be an elite, an elite by top three inside linebacker this year, if he can produce a stat line, someone in the vicinity of four sacks, three interceptions, three forced fumbles, 13 plus tackles for a loss, 10 quarter plus quarterback hits, 95 plus tackles and eight pass defense, he'll definitely be there. 
A pass defense is pretty big, but I say that given the coverage that he does and more likelihood that he's more going to be around that two and a half sack mark, maybe two force fumbles. The tackles for a loss is also key. Early in this, early in the year, and I'm talking a couple of months ago, I was listening to Luke Keekley's long interview with DJ and Bucky Brooks, and Luke Keekley was talking about the number one stat that he looks to for inside linebackers is actually tackles for a loss because that can affect the pass and the run. And equally, he said it's the thing that's least appreciated from a stat line perspective compared to a sack or a false fumble or an interception. But in fact, it ruins an offensive drive a lot more. And it's something that, you know, around, I think, the NFL as fans and as, you know, coaches and what have you. And I do think coaches do look at it. I do think, you know, uh, GM rooms and coach and, you know, that sort of the transactional side of rooms must look at these because it seems to factor into some decisions when you go back and look at stats. But I think that's going to be a really important thing for Devin Bush this year. And some of you are probably sitting there going, well, the important thing with Devin Bush this year is if he actually just stays on the even keel when it comes to social media. But Devin Bush, we talked about last week, the AV for him of 12, which is way ahead of, you know, a couple points ahead of what an inside linebacker would be um, based on first-round draft picks. The key thing to remember with Devin Bush is he had nine in his first year. Last year, he would have easily, I think, matched that number because of what he was doing when he came back already. His loss, um, you know, to the defense really affected the Steelers from a sack perspective. But he only had an AV of three last year. Look, look for him to bounce back this year and get and sort of get close to those stats that I talked about there. You know, again, I've said this on Touchdown Under this week. It's really important that we we temper our expectations to a degree of Devon in the first sort of four to five weeks of the season. But I think post then he's going to come on really, really strong uh, for this Steelers defense. I think we can see him get, you know, plus 100, um, you know, combined tackles there. You know, I do really think that those tackles for a loss, you know, he had nine in his rookie year. That's why I say if he can get 12 plus, we'll put him in the top sort of six to eight inside linebackers, 13 will get him top five. Uh, quarterback hits, I want to see them go up purely because I think that the way the Steelers are going to play, I think he, I, I'm hoping that he can be a bit more aggressive as well. But he's got to keep it right. I don't mind him calling out people to a degree. I don't mind him, you know, you know, sticking to his guns on social media. But we do really need to make sure, or he needs to make sure, that that's what he's focusing on and he's not being a distraction off the field. The other thing about you know, Devin Bush's too, is that like in his rookie year, he paid 82% of the snaps um, defensively. That's a massive number. Last year, only played 27, and we obviously understand why. But that 82% is huge in your rookie year, and don't discount that experience. Equally, don't discount what he's done in having to watch the defense all last year. Again, I said some touching on it this week. The great thing about Devin Bush too is that that injury that he suffered, he suffered early in the season. He's had longer than, you know, it's much better than suffering at the end of the season. He's had longer to sort of recover from that. The guy is 235 pounds and had a combined 40 of 4.43. He's super fast and he plays faster than that. Watch him take a leadership role this week. Watch him run this Steelers defense with TJ White and Minka Fitzpatrick and those veterans on the defensive line like Cameron Hayward and Stefan Tewitt. But with that, listeners, that's Steelers Warren for this week. We've covered off some of those July birthdays and why 
you know, I'm pretty much, I mean, Devin's going to be key to getting the ball back for the offense, but the other guys are really key to driving, you know, that Steelers path to success through the offensive fo- football. Next time we'll look at a few other players born in July. And, you know, whilst we focus on guys that can make a real difference, both in 2021 and 2022, then next week I'm going to look at four guys on the roster born in July that actually I question whether they should be on the roster, but it's important that we talk about them because at the end of the day, you know, the Steelers need backup players. The Steelers need guys that are familiar. And, you know, the one thing these guys have got going for all, for three out of the four of them is they're familiar. The other guy, I think, is a good fit. That goes for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.